Welcome back here on the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Let's talk to the man who's covered the Kansas City Chiefs since 1993. You heard it. It's Adam Teicher. He's brought to you by our friends at Twin Peaks, TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Check out that great made-from-scratch menu, the most underrated part of Twin Peaks, the great food, everything made in-house, uh, best burgers, apps, get those fried pickles. They are delightful. Uh, you'll enjoy them. 29-degree man-sized draft beers, premium cocktails served over ice bowls. Curtis, you know all about that. And, of course, TVs everywhere, plus the most scenic views in town. It is Eats, Drinks, Scenic Views. It's Twin Peaks, Independence, Olathe, and in the Northland. Uh, we welcome Adam Teicher to the program. Adam, how are you, sir? Good, Trent. How are you doing today? Well, doing, doing well, you know, survive in advance, right? Is that the moral of this story for the Kansas City Chiefs? It wasn't always pretty. They were a little sloppy at times. They tried to shoot themselves in the foot, but they found a way to get a win in Buffalo. What's your overall reaction to how the game went? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a, uh, as you say, you know, not everything went their way, and, and uh, they did some things wrong, but Still, to win a game in an environment like that against a, a, a good team, I mean, that, that's something to hang your hat on, you know. And uh, so I, I think there's a lot there, a lot to like about the Chiefs as they go to Baltimore. You know, if you're Buffalo, I, you had to really like the way that game was playing out. Uh, you, were keep, you, you rushed for almost 200 yards. You were keeping the Chiefs off the field and, and, and not exposing your defense, which has some injuries. You were dominating the number of plays and the time of possession. Um, you made the Chiefs cough up a touchdown there in the fourth quarter that would have made it a two-score game. You, the Bills had their offense on the field for the late game to either tie or maybe go ahead. You, I don't know what else the Bills could have wanted. And the way this game was playing out and still the Chiefs were able to hold them off. So, uh, you know, congratulations to the Chiefs. They uh, they really got it done. You mentioned all the rushing yards for the Bills. Let me ask it to you this way. More excited about the way the offense played or more fearful with the way the defense played? Like as we conjured up a recipe for a win, I don't think we thought it was the defense getting uh, pushed around up and down the field. Uh, it didn't look like the way we thought it would look. Is that you know, just, hey, tip your cap, uh, Joe Barry had a good – game plan it's a one-off this defense is still lights out or did they expose maybe some weaknesses that uh, hadn't shown itself earlier yeah well i you know that's the chiefs got better as the game went on or at least in the second half with that so they did a better job later in the game so you feel like they figured some things out there um you know baltimore will run the ball too no doubt but it's going to be a little bit different style than what baltimore or buffalo used last night so i don't know that that's a a thing that might carry over. We'll have to see. Maybe it will be. But I think what the Chiefs have going offensively now is is starting to look a lot like what we've uh, seen before. You know, they uh, um, had a lot of big plays, a season high, nine plays of 20 yards or more. And, and you know, this started to pick up in the Cincinnati game a few weeks ago. And, and we were like, well, yeah, but the Bengals give up a lot of big plays. They give them up to everybody. And then, you know, they had a bunch last week and, I was thinking, well, you know, the Dolphins blitzed and gave the Chiefs some opportunities. And, and, and so it's, it's not going to be that way against Buffalo. And I was wrong. I mean, the Chiefs, uh, really, uh, you know, were able to protect Mahomes and, and, uh, um, you know, Buffalo didn't come after him. They were playing coverage and, uh, the Chiefs made him pay. So, um, I, I feel like, um, you know, there, there was a lot going on there that you really had to like. Other than the two Cole Hardman fumbles, uh, it was a pretty good day offensively. How uh, how much like uh, you know do they get here without the play of MVS? Right, often criticized. And by the way, I, I get tired of like everybody. Everybody's hating on MVS. Listen, the job 
uh, of fans is not, you know, I guess it is to cheer for your team, but you, you pay your ticket. You can be frustrated when a player doesn't play well. MBS has not played well this year. And so I thought it was a little, they were quite defensive of that, but he made big plays, right? He, I mean, is this what this guy is? Like, can't find him during the regular season and like the AFC championship game last year, all of a sudden there's going to be a playoff game where he comes up big. Lo and behold, here he was. And I don't know that they get through without his place. No, I, I agree with you. Um, and, you know, that catch to start the second half was huge. And it was a great throw by Mahomes too. I mean, it was right on the, right on the mark. Um, but you know, with him, I said this about him last year. Um, you know, there's some games where he's just going to disappear. That's just who he is. You know, if you're counting on him for four or five catches every week or whatever and, you know, 75 yards or whatever, you're going to be disappointed. That's just who he is. But every once in a while, he's going to deliver a game like this or like the AFC Championship game last year when all the other receivers were hurt and they had to have him step up, and he did. So, um, you know, that, that's just what you're going to live with with um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is, uh, um, you know, the inconsistency from week to week. You don't know what you're going to get every week, but um, he's going to bail you out uh, sometimes. And uh, certainly last night was one of them. Uh, the running game, seven and a half yards a carry for the two running backs, 15 for 97 and a touch for Pacheco. Clyde Edwards-Lair, two carries for 31 yards. He had the big 28-yard uh, scamper, um, you know, uh, you know, is it, have they just committed to running the football? Because they did this also while losing, you know, Joe Tooney in the mix. Like, how impressive was this running game? Yeah, no, it was really impressive. And, you know, that that was one area where you figured maybe Buffalo um, could have an advantage on the Chiefs, and, and they didn't. Uh, the Chiefs really, uh, you know, run it, ran it right at them. And, and uh, you know, I know the, the difference, one, one of the big differences between this game and the, the Buffalo game a few weeks ago is that Pacheco played this time. And certainly that's going to make a difference. But I feel like everybody played better around him, too. You know, this game was, uh, um, you know, they, they, it reminded me a little bit of last week. The Chiefs got really physical with it and, um, you know, it paid off for them. So uh like to see them try that against uh, Baltimore next week as well. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had six carries for 19 yards. He had a 24 yard run, which means that basically other than that one, they bottled him up. Uh, you know, the all 22 is not out yet. You were there in the stadium, could see the whole field. Did it look like that Buffalo said, we're not going to get beat by Patrick Mahomes legs. Like he has been very dangerous and, and running for those first downs. That's not going to happen because they also had no sacks. Neither team had a sack. Did it look like that was the game plan that he's got to beat us from in the pocket? Yeah, it did. And, um, you know, they, they just didn't blitz. I think the Bills blitzed once, maybe twice last night. I looked at the numbers. I can't remember what the exact number was. It wasn't much. I mean, one of the, the fewest uh, in terms of blitz percentage that Mahomes has ever seen in his career. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of the idea. They were going to uh, uh, play coverage and, and make sure he kind of stayed in the pocket. And, and um, uh, so uh, – you know, good job for the Chiefs to protect against the, the four-man rush, but um, you know they were getting guys open last night, which is you know that's not something we've seen a lot this year. So um, yeah, the, the Chiefs definitely made it work. Uh, all right, we've we've covered a lot of positives, correct? Like I'm not I'm not hating on this conversation, <laughs> am I? No, not, not so far. But you, you might get there. Okay, so let's talk about McCole Hardman. Um, uh, you yeah. know. I mean, just, I don't know how to describe it other than a guy who doesn't get it. I mean, you know, I, I don't understand how you can be that, 
you know, out to lunch. I mean, what 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 was the reaction? Sure. What was your reaction to how he played? Well, I mean, it just wasn't there. I mean, you know, there there was nothing there, and and he made you know that play um, on the goal line, but he fumbled earlier in the game too. The Chiefs bailed him out. Justin Watson bailed him out by recovering. So twice he put the ball on the ground, and you, you know, you just sort of add him to the list of guys you can't trust. I mean, you know, his speed is valuable, but. Um, they're not getting anything out of it uh, tangibly. You know, he, he's not producing. So I don't know how you can uh, continue to go to him. Uh, it just isn't there. It hasn't been there since he's really been back, other than the, you know, the game out in L.A. Uh, when the Chiefs are playing backups. So, um, you know, going to be interesting to see how the Chiefs use him going forward. And, um, you know, uh, if Kadarius Tony coming back, I know you and I are going to disagree with this. He's a guy who gets open fairly consistently, Tony is. I I feel like he can be a useful player against Baltimore. But, um, you know, if he can't go, you kind of have to have a guy in that role. And the Chiefs don't really have anybody else. So, um, you know, maybe he's their best bet. But, yeah, what happened last night in the goal line, first down play, first down. You know, the only way you should lose the ball like that, like he did, is if it's a do-or-die play. You know, it's fourth down and you got to get in or time's running out or whatever it might be. I mean, you can't do what he did on a first down in that situation. No, and it's just like, I, I wonder if, if he watches football. Right, like he strikes me as one of the guys that's like he's a great athlete, and so he can go out and be pretty good at anything he wants to do. But like he has no feel for the game whatsoever. Right, like yeah. I don't, I don't think he's like a lot of us fans that sit there and it's game after game after game, weekend after weekend after weekend. Like I think it's you know all the football he's watched, he played in is what it feels like, doesn't it? Like I've never had a, seen a guy have less of a feel for the game, whether it's touching a guy down. You know, after he's intercepted the ball, with I mean, there is literally no feel for the game whatsoever. Yeah, some guys have it and some guys don't. I mean, uh, it might not necessarily be, you know, that he's not a football fan. It might, it might just be some guys just have football sense and, and some don't. And uh, you know, certainly, um, you know, what he did last night. And, you know, I, I think it's – you remember last week's game when he, he was kind of getting held and he gave up on his route and he – Theoretically, I, I think he could have caught the ball if he hadn't quit on the route. I mean, yeah, he wanted the penalty, but you, you, you can't let that, you know, you can't start complaining to the referee when the play is still going on. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that, that has marked his return to the Chiefs so far has been, uh, you know, plays like that. And, uh, if that's the case, um, you know, the Chiefs probably have a better alternative, although, Without uh, Kadarius Tony, I'm not sure what it is. We're talking to Adam Teicher here in the uh, program about the uh, Chiefs' big divisional win in Buffalo. Uh, let's give some uh, credit to uh, Dave Tobe. Fake punt, no go. Uh, they had that one completely sniffed out, you know, and it, and it, it it almost seemed like with the motion that they were moving around that it made it pretty obvious. Like we rolled it back at my house and it was like, you know, it almost screamed, Look at me, but now a lot of people be hell bent trying to block it or set up their return. They were ready for it. Uh, you know, Dave Tobe, likewise, has not been a, a great year, uh, for his troops. You know, Harrison Bucker's been fantastic. We'll talk about him here in a second, but you know, they were ready again. The fake punt. It wasn't Daniel Sorensen this time, but the whole unit ready for the fake punt. I mean, that was a 
giant play of the game. Now, it led to the McCole-Hardman fumble, so they didn't cash it for points. But that was, by stopping that, they gave themselves a chance to finish the game. They didn't finish the game, but his unit gave them the opportunity to finish the game. Uh, Dave Tobe's got to be a proud papa today. Sure, sure. And, uh, you know, I think the Chiefs only had 10 guys. Go back and take a look. I've not had a chance to go back through it, so I I can't. But what I, I thought I saw is the Chiefs had 10 out there on that when they were defending that fake punt. So I'll go ahead and take a look for that. But um, they, they still did a nice job. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, you're just listening to the Buffalo talk shows today and, and, you know, they're obviously really upset by what happened yesterday. And people are talking about the missed field goal at the end and, um, you know, what a big play that was. Well, was it really? I, I don't think it was. I mean, even if he had made that kick, do we think the Chiefs weren't going down and getting their own field goal to win the game or, or at least go ahead later on? I mean, the Chiefs had a buck 40 and two timeouts left. I, I feel pretty good that, um, that, that field goal didn't define the game. That, uh, you know, that was a big special teams play, but, and you'd rather he missed than he made it for sure. But I, I don't think that's what lost the Bills the game. I think things that happened earlier in the game de- define this game and not a missed field goal at the end. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the, the play of Harrison Butker. Uh, he was, you know, in, in what was obviously a very difficult day, you know, the conversation we heard on the television broadcast, I don't know if you guys had the audio, but they were talking about how both kickers had struggled uh, in warm-ups. Uh, yeah. But Harrison Butker has been absolutely nails, knocking through a 47-yard field goal uh, for this team, a 29-yarder as well. Um, he has been as nails as you can be as a kicker. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I remember when the Chiefs pulled him off the practice squad. You remember Cairo Santos got hurt. The Chiefs pulled him off the practice squad of the um, – Panthers. Who, who is it? it? Yeah, Carolina. And uh, I'm thinking, this team thinks it's going to win a Super Bowl or it has Super Bowl aspirations, and it's going with a rookie kicker. And I thought at the time, I'm thinking, wow, what, what a mistake to go with uh, this, this young guy for where the Chiefs are right now, what their needs are. And and I was wrong. I mean, he remember, he, I think he missed one in his first game, and then he made about 17 or 18 in a row. And he's just been a great player. You know, had a little bit of ups and downs last year because of the uh, the injury. But, um, you know, he made the, AFC, the, the, the kick to win the AFC championship game and then the Super Bowl. So uh, he, he's been a real, uh, a real fine for the Chiefs and probably worth – even if, you know, you don't value kickers in terms of your salary cap, but he's probably um, earned his spot and maybe some, some more in terms of what he's given the Chiefs. We're talking to Adam Teicher here in the program. Uh, injuries, uh, how concerned are we? Edwards, Gay, Tooney, all leaving the game. Uh, where's your concern level on each? Yeah, well, start with Edwards. Um, saw him after the game. He looked okay. I mean, uh, you know, but that's not always the best indication for a guy with a concussion. I, I always assume minimum uh, one a, a week, guy's going to miss a game um, when he has a concussion. Now that we we know that doesn't always happen. I just always assume that. So I, I'm thinking he's not going to play next week. Although that I, I certainly could be wrong about that. Um, Willie Gay saw him after the game. He looked okay. Um, so I, you know, unless there's some uh, injury that, uh, you know, he, he was moving around the locker room pretty well and looked like he wasn't having any problem with that. It knocked him out of the game. So you have to take it seriously. But I'm wondering whether he might be ready to go, um, next week. 
Now, Joe Tooney would be the one I, I definitely would expect not to be there. I mean, he's getting some tests today on that pack, but uh, that's probably not great news if he had to leave the game at a time that he did. And that's probably not real good news for uh, his availability next week. That's scary news uh, for even next year, right? If, if it's a torn pack, I don't, I don't know what, and I don't remember people usually when you leave with a pack, that's what it is. I mean, I, I don't, you know, yeah. I don't remember anybody, you know, being pulling a peck, right? It's usually torn. It's yeah. either torn or not. But again, I'm no doctor and we'll wait for the test and everything, but that is a little bit scary. Um, yeah, no Creed Humphrey again had some snaps that were not the best. Uh, we saw him yeah. play a little guard. Would, would, would they consider Allegretti at center and Humphrey at guard? I don't think they would consider it. I don't know. It probably deserves some consideration. Um, you know, I, I, you know, there's a lot of mechanics that that, that move kind of involves and you know, guys are used to playing next to one another and all that. So I, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe that would make some sense, but it deserves, uh, some consideration because yeah, there was, uh, some problems with that last night. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nick Allegretti stepped in though. They, they, I mean, they ran the yep. ball. He, he's been yep. very valuable. Uh, utility player for them, and and uh, you know you got to give a lot of credit. I mean, they their depth was tested. They've been pretty injury free um, in a lot of their runs, but they got banged hard in this one. They lost uh, Brian Cook along the way uh, during the season, but they they had to go a little bit deeper. I mean, it's a testament to how deep the team is. Yeah, and in terms of Allegretti, I I I just think he's um, not he's a little bit more, in my opinion, than just your NFL grade backup offensive lineman. I, I think he's a little bit more. I, I think he brings some things that are uh, pretty valuable. So he, he's a valuable guy to bring in off the bench. I think they'll operate just fine uh, with him in the lineup, uh, assuming he has to play next week. Uh, 17 of 23 for 215 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you want to take a shot at trying to describe – well, you know, what this guy is moving past, Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees on the playoff touchdown passing, career touchdown passing. He's got sole possession of sixth place uh, all time. He's yeah. now one on the road. Uh, everybody yep. can calm down about that. Like, what do you say about this guy? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he, he's amazing. I mean, it, it just, uh, you know, he was talking about those couple throws he missed in the end zone, you know, one to Kelsey and one to uh, MVS, and he was all mad about those throws. and. Felt he could have been a lot better at those, and uh, that's kind of where his head was at after the game. But no, I, I think he's got reason to be really happy with how they handled it uh, because it was pretty loud in there. Particularly when the Chiefs got behind early, uh, you know, the Chiefs never had the ball with a lead uh, or even tied um, until what was it late in the third quarter, maybe or early in the fourth quarter, sometime well into the second half. I mean, every time they got the ball, they were behind. Um, because, you know, Buffalo got the ball to start the game, kicked the field goal, Chiefs tied it up, Buffalo scored a touchdown, and the Chiefs, you know, they went ahead at some point, uh, 13 to 10, then the Bills came back, took the lead, Chiefs never had the ball with that lead, and the same thing happened early in the second half, Chiefs took the lead, Buffalo came down, took the lead back, so the Chiefs never had the ball with the lead until it got to, I guess it would have been 27-24, right? So, um, you know, until they got that last touchdown, uh, so um, it's tough to play that way on the road. Uh, so, you know, I, I really thought the way they operated, you know, with few drop passes and not a lot of pre-snap offensive penalties and just the one turnover that 
easily could have been avoided. I, I thought they would really handle all that stuff really well last night. Yeah, uh, 38 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 13 and three record in, in the postseason. 13 and three. I mean, that's insane. I mean, he's now played an old school full season of playoff football and he's 13 and three. Even if he would lose in Baltimore, 13 and four, that postseason record is insane. Well, it is. And you know, particularly keeping in mind the, the quality of the opponents they're playing, you know, they're not, there's no, uh, you know, the Raiders aren't on the schedule in the playoffs, you know, teams like that. So yeah, that's, uh, that is quite a mark. Yeah, uh, Andy Reid moving up uh, on the playoff wins list. Uh, the only guy in front of him is Bill Belichick. And Travis Kelsey, uh, the only guy in front of Travis Kelsey in playoff receiving yards and receiving touchdowns is Jerry Rice. Now, he's a ways out there, uh, so I, I don't know. He's I don't know if Travis Kelsey's going to have to play quite a while uh, to, to catch up at least a, another season or two, or they're going to have to go all the way to the Super Bowl this year and, and probably make a four-game run next year. But uh, it looked like they were well aware the Bills were of Rasheed Rice. It was a Travis Kelsey yep. day, and, and he answered the bell five for 75 and two touchdowns. I mean, uh, the, the, you know, the tales of his of his demise, somewhat exaggerated or no, just uh, the perfect day for him to step in and have a big day. Yeah, no, I think it's a little bit of both. I think, uh, you know, he, he's got something left in the tank. I mean, he may not, not be vintage Travis Kelsey. You know, this may not be the guy that he was, uh, you know, even last year or two years ago, but he's, uh, he's still got something to offer. And, uh, and opponents, as we've seen throughout the season, still respect him. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, but it's nice to know. I mean, he hadn't scored a touchdown in a while and nice to know he, uh, he, he has that gear still for sure. Yeah, uh, they needed him, and he was there. Uh, came up big. Um, do do you have any concerns the fact that they did not sack Josh Allen at all? Uh, a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think they were a little bit controlled with that pass rush in terms of not wanting him to get out. They weren't real successful with that until later in the game. But um, yeah, I you know I think they uh, they didn't blitz a whole lot, so uh, I, I I don't think that was uh, Spagnuolo's game plan. I know he didn't certainly didn't look like he wanted to be chasing Allen out of the pocket and then them having to run him down. So uh, I don't know if I'd have a concern because of who that who he is, but uh, you know that Chiefs obviously going to be facing another running quarterback this week. So um, interested to see how they handle that part of it. Yeah, uh, how was the atmosphere uh, there in Buffalo? It, no, they 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 were. It was insane. I mean, it was really loud, and people were into it early, and you know, had all the the, the usual Bills Mafia stuff. I mean, it, it was people were out there early tailgating. It was twenty some degrees, and that that didn't stop anybody. I mean, they were out there early, and uh, and it was loud. Once the game start started, it, it was it was loud, and. You know, I didn't think it would affect the Chiefs because you know me. I, I think they're such an efficient road team that uh, they can handle that stuff. But you wondered a little bit. I mean, it was it was getting loud. And again, I, I don't think you can overstate how uh, the way the Chiefs played basically behind the whole game. Every time they had the ball, they were behind and, until late in the game. And, and so, you know, it's harder to operate that way, particularly when you're on the road and it's loud. And I just thought the Chiefs were just so efficient last night. They, they didn't seem to be bothered in the least by what was going on there. So uh, my, my hat's off to the Chiefs. You know me. I, I, I think they're a, a real good road team. But even last night impressed me. 
Let's get to our final four with Adam Teicher, our Chiefs insider from ESPN. Our final four is brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. If you suffer an orthopedic injury in everyday life or playing sports, the University of Kansas Health System offers orthopedic walk-in care. They're right there at 435 and all in Overland Park. Open weekdays 8 to 7. Saturdays it's 8 to 2. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com slash orthopedics. Adam, I'll start you with this. Uh, did you, uh, did you jump onto a burning table? Uh, as you entered into the, uh, in, into the stadium there in Buffalo. I, I tried. I went off a little snow cliff and, and tried to jump on a burning table, but I missed. So, uh, I, I do not have that on my resume. No. All right. Good to know. Uh, who do you like, San Francisco or Detroit? Who wins in that one? What are you feeling right now? Um, I'm going to go with the 49ers, but if you're going to tell me Debo Samuels is not going to play, then I will take the Lions. So, uh, I think this is, I saw seven and a half was the line, at least the one I saw. I'll take the Lions with the points, but I think the 49ers will win, but it's going to be closer than maybe people think. We won't hold you to this. We'll get an official prediction from you on the uh, Central Bank pregame show, maybe Friday here in the program when we talk again. But, uh, what are you feeling right now, Chiefs Ravens? Who are you leaning towards? Yeah, well, I mean, the challenge will be tougher for the Chiefs next week. That's a more complete opponent. The Ravens are than what the Bills are, but you know the way the Chiefs are playing, they've got a chance. You know they can't give away a touchdown like they did last night uh, with the hard, uh, Hardman fumble. But other than that, I think the Chiefs have a chance. I, I'm probably leaning towards Baltimore right now, but I, let me take a closer look at it, and I might change my mind by the end of the week. Okay. And finally, uh, did you have any chicken wings? Oh yes, yes. Yep. Anchor Bar, yes, we were there Saturday night watching some football, eating some wings. There it is, uh, Adam Teicher, uh, the best in the business. Uh, Adam, you're the man. We appreciate it. We look forward to breaking down the Chiefs and Ravens on Friday with you. All right, good stuff, Sharon. Talk uh, to you then. All right, there he goes, Adam Teicher from ESPN. Uh, we'll take a break, uh, come back, uh, talk a little more Chiefs football with you. Uh, 913-3810-810, you're in the program. All right, the Joe's Kansas City Barbecue burnt end of the hour answer. How many teams have had 180 yards rushing, 180 yards passing, and no turnovers and lost in the postseason? Well, the Bills did it. Yep. Uh, I'll say that's it. That is all. There you go. I nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. 11 and 0. Up until that point. Uh, that's impressive. Including the Chiefs having won against the Bills. The game here, the 42-36, 13-second game, was also 180-180, no turnovers, and win. Bills' first team. Now, they are the first team, only one of those teams that didn't have at least 200 of one of those. But still, 180, double up, first time ever. It's just that kind of thing for the Bills. Uh, it's just that kind of thing for the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Like, that's what they yes. do. That's what Patrick Mahomes does. That's what he he does. does the unthinkable. Yeah. And I was debating with somebody last night, surprising. Um, that never happens. About well, you know how he seems to be uh, the benefactor of, or the beneficiary of some kind of mistake by the other side. Something always goes wrong for the other team. I'm like... Is it or is it that he takes advantage of it every single time? You know, we've been sitting here for six years, and every year, oh, of course, uh, that he got the break. They got their break. At some point, it's him, right? Yeah. People don't remember the things that go in favor of a team that blows the game. People in Buffalo aren't talking about what good fortune it was that McCole Hardman fumbled out of the end zone because they lost. No, and, and, I, and I'll continue to say, like, you know, he threw a pick against Buffalo last year in the regular season game. 
you know, when they, he had the ball with a chance to go win. Like, he's not infallible. Right. Like, I don't like this idea that he is a human being yes. and he makes mistakes. But even that, I don't have a problem with because it shows that he understands the risk-reward. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, we got to go. I, I got to put the ball out there. We're like, what's the difference if I throw a pick now or we run out of time before I get down there? It doesn't matter. Either way, we lose. And that's, you know, we've talked about it. Like, you get pocket aces in a big poker tournament on your first hand, you should shove all in. <laughs> and if they draw out on you and you lose, well, oh, well. Th- th- that's it. That's how it works. But if you don't make money on aces, you're not going to win. If you don't get down the field in the hurry-up offense in chunks, you're not going to make it happen. And so he doesn't sit there. He's not paralyzed by fear of making a mistake because it's a mistake to go three yards at a time and have the clock run out when you're still 48 yards away from your your goal. Yep. The 2016 divisional game at New England won't happen under Patrick Mahomes. They might lose that game, but they're not going to lose it the way they lost it. Um, Down two scores and taking forever to get, you know, because Alex Smith was not taking big chunks at that point. Right. And and I think there's truth in that, but I, I also, you know, I, I will say this: Who was it? One of the games, you, maybe it was last week's one of one of the playoff games last week. You have to score. Yeah, I mean, like they, the clock is important, but first thing is to score. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think with you Mahomes, can't get the second score until you get the first. So, yeah. you know, you don't you don't get a, a badge of honor for being really quick at ending it. But I do think with Mahomes, you. You know, but your point is a hell of a lot quicker than they did. Your your point is one hundred percent valid, and so how many times we've seen a team get down here? Like, um, I guess they're putting it all in, even when there's when they just need one score. Sometimes you'll watch teams. You're like, all right, I guess they're putting it in. Like the drive will start with eight minutes or seven minutes left, and they're at the other team's forty yard line, and you're at three hundred two, going, okay, I guess this is one shot, and that's it. Yeah. So it's interesting sometimes how approaches force what happens after that. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, played for some uh, Joe's Kansas City barbecue. Always a great decision. Grab you some Joe's on your way home tonight. Joe'sKC.com. Incredible barbecue. Yes, the most wonderful sides on earth. Voted Kansas City's best fries. That's Joe's Kansas City barbecue. You can order it right now online at Joe'sKC.com. Send it anywhere in the country at Joe'sKC.com. 47th Emission, 119th and Line, and 117th and Row. It's Joe's Kansas City barbecue. Uh, get you some tonight. Um, we'll talk Talk some Chiefs football. Uh, first, uh, some news, breaking news here uh, on the veto mm-hmm. of one Frank White in Jackson County. They are meeting today. Our Todd Lebo is there uh, speaking with folks as uh, as we speak. He's talking to folks, getting reaction to it. Uh, let's let you hear how it came down. Here's the roll call and the vote on whether or not to override Frank White's veto. I can appreciate good intention but I cannot participate in misinforming taxpayers. This is where handshake deals and good intentions fall short. The people of Jackson County deserve more than a pound and a bro hug. They deserve legal assurances and legal commitments from those who want to spend billions of dollars of their hard-earned money for the next 40 years. Um. My bad. By the way, that was clearly not the roll call, but that was Megan Marshall, Megan L. Marshall, uh, who was one of the county legislatures, and she made a more than just that, but six-minute um, statement, a, a six-minute statement, um, basically in favor of the veto, saying, "Look, largely you heard it there. We're, we're giving the billionaire 
a lot of money, and a lot of the people that are going to pay for it can't even afford. You know, she said they can't afford a fifteen dollar beer, can't afford to take their son or daughter to the game, and we're asking them to pay for this. Yeah, and so she, of course, uh, was not one of the ones voting for it. Here now, actually, is as. Uh, I, I screwed it up last time, but here is the uh, roll call and the veto. So, Madam Chair, would you call the roll, please? Anderson. Anderson. Who's talking? Okay. It's like several people are talking. Okay. <laughs> this is for the override. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, yes. Yes. Peyton. Yes. Marshall. No. Abarca. Yes. Husky. Yes. McGee. Yes. Franklin. Yes. Smith. Yes. Lauer. No. So there's seven yes and two no. The motion passed. So there it is, uh, seven to two votes. So we had initially a, what, eight to one. Eight to one. Let's pass this thing. Then we had, we thought we were we were in a, uh, what was it, uh, was it, there was four, so it was five yeah. to four. Um, yeah, what three people officially did, it, and then one person, uh, Sean Smith, uh, who was also in there, said, said that he was he was going to, but didn't. I don't think released an official statement. Right, it, but it was clear that that was. And then when it came time to put your name to your vote, yeah. seven uh, voted to override. Uh, Frank White's veto. So yes. it means this will now go on the yeah. ballot. Megan Marshall, who you heard, and Jeannie Lauer, who was the, the chair. So uh, it will go on the ballot. April 2nd. There was uh, several other people who spoke and talked about that there is no legal commitment from the teams. There's no firm plans to it. They voiced uh, what uh, Frank White had basically said that, you know, we need more information, but they're going to go ahead and they're going to put it on the ballot to extend the tax and keep the teams in Jackson County. That will in my opinion, at least remove the idea of them being able to pit other municipalities against them. However, one of the conversations, one of the topics that's out there is that the Chiefs would be building a stadium but may put the practice facility in their offices somewhere else. And the practice facility, if it's built like the Star in Dallas, being like a mixed-use commercial, you know, residential you know, entertainment and mm-hmm. everything destination that could be put someplace else. So, yes, your Kansas City Chiefs would still play right there. This is the ballot is for a renovated Arrowhead Stadium. Gone is the idea of putting a, a dome together to where you could attract, uh, you know, the, the type of events that can only play in a dome or the type of events that can only play in a dome in bad weather. Right. That would be gone. But no commitment from the Kansas City Chiefs to keep their offices in Kansas City, Missouri. The Royals would go to a downtown stadium. That's basically what it is. And the tax is passed for them to use the money. And the teams have released a joint statement, quote, We took an important step forward today. We thank the Jackson County legislators for their attention and care in this matter. We look forward to continuing to work with them in enabling the voters to decide on extending the longstanding partnership between the county and our teams on April 2nd. Doesn't mean you can't get commitments on all that on down the road, but they don't have it now, but they're going to put it on the ballot. So, Jackson County, congratulations, you're going to be voting on whether or not to extend the sales tax for the Royals and the Chiefs with a renovated Arrowhead Stadium, whatever that might look like, and a new downtown, wherever that might be, 
baseball stadium uh, for the Kansas City Royals. Uh, we'll take a break. 913-3810-810. Phone lines are open. We left a lot of people hanging. I know that wanted to talk some Chiefs football. i uh, got one segment. We can take some calls. So we got the two-minute drill coming uh, around the corner as well. Trent Green uh, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. You're in the program. That's me playing that, by the way. Is it? No. Uh, you're listening to the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Petro Seabolt Dravetta with you. Uh, Two-minute drill coming up in the uh, 4 o'clock hour. Uh, some news. Ian Rappaport is reporting that uh, Joe Tooney may have avoided the worst of it when it comes to his pectoral muscle. Said he suffered a pec strain. Sources say that is a potential good sign for his availability over the next few weeks. His status will be tracked throughout the week, still up in the air, but overall this is positive news. All right, six months is how long you're out uh, when I looked up for a tear, yeah, for a, a pectoral tear. But if it's a strain, yeah. I mean... And I've heard even a strain is to some degree like it, like a, a tear, but it's, it's not, not a complete a all tear. The way, yeah. Right? And so sometimes you can, you know, it'll heal itself. Sometimes you need a little surgery to help it. Maybe it's something that you can get away with for a while. But, yeah, I, I've, I've never seen a pec injury that didn't end up being a Mm-hmm. Tear and then being out for like six months. I mean, yeah. it's a tough one for offensive linemen. You know, that's it's a, a muscle they got to have for the, um, yeah, you know, the pushing that goes on when it comes to blocking. So, but uh, maybe some good news, and maybe Joe Tooney could be available if not for the game against the Baltimore Ravens, uh, then the uh, Super Bowl. But um, we'll see. Uh, I'm not real optimistic. Yeah. Over if, the next, few if he left the game, I, I'm not optimistic that he's right. going to be back. You know, um, more optimistic that they will be able to get Mike Edwards back. Um, you know, the concussion protocols and everything that's in place. Adam Teicher saying he looked pretty good after mm-hmm. the game. Said Willie Gay looked pretty good after the game. So maybe there's some optimism there, but not much optimism that Joe no. Tooney's going to be back. I would agree. And this is, you know, I know nobody's ever going to question a, any NFL player's toughness, particularly an offensive lineman, but. Th- being physically able, it's not even a matter of being in pain and toughing it out. It's being physically able to push. It's imagine your pectoral muscle is strained and weakened and you're trying to bench press an incredible amount of weight. Yeah, That's what they're asking of him. So it just I don't know that physically he could do it. And the Ravens' front is tough. Yes. He's going to have his hands full regardless on, on Sunday if he plays. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they're getting the toughest path, right? And if they can get by the Ravens, and they're good enough to beat the 49ers because the Ravens house the 49ers. I mean, the 49ers might be the better overall team. Maybe they'd win 6 out of 10 against the Ravens, but they're pretty comparable teams. And, yeah. you know, you, you feel like the Chiefs are playing better football and coming together at the right time, but still a huge task to go Absolutely. win at Baltimore because Lamar Jackson like... is a better player now than yes. he was several years ago. Yes. And he, I mean, they, they still look like a team that is much better playing in from in front. If there was a team of these four that seems to be the most reliant upon not being 10 points down, although I, now that I think about it, the 49ers were 0-30, went down 5 after 4. I mean, the, the Lions and Chiefs, I think, are teams that are designed to where if they get down 10, they're not going to panic that much. The Ravens get down 10, it changes the way they have to play. And they found themselves locked in a struggle. Once they got the lead, I think, on Saturday against Houston, uh, you saw a difference, a different Lamar Jackson uh, strategy-wise, just approach-wise, than you did in the first half. And 
he was fantastic, and they were fantastic. Yeah, completed better than 70% of his passes, 16 to 22 for 152. Uh, two touchdowns, also rushed for 100 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he was the total package. And the flip side is that is definitely not a team you want to get down 10 to. No. Because they, they can lean on you. No, because they're, they're, their defense is top shelf. Yeah. And so the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs is going to have to play a lot better uh, this time around, maybe some similar principles uh, in, in defending a quarterback that can run. Lamar Jackson's a little bit different runner, and they're not just running him on design runs. A lot of his runs now are coming off when the pass rush gets there. He doesn't have anybody open. Then he's taken off. He's in some ways more dangerous now, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, the way they're using him this time. Uh, we'll talk about it more later on. Two-minute drills next. All right, the Chiefs with the eighth team to average at least 7.7 yards per play in a road playoff game. Who was the last to do it before them? Brought to you by Good Sense.